This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Remember when we had that parrot? She loved chicken. Ew. That was like her favorite thing to eat. Gross. We fed her chicken and corn and she oh, wait. ballooned. Grandparents' parrot? No, my mom. Remember Jessie? Ugh. I hated that fucking bird. Yeah. She was mean. I hate all she birds. She hated me. All birds are the worst. <laughs> they're they're, they're not great. Bird, except for Big Bird. <laughs> and he's... There's something uh, nefarious you know, going on he's there. definitely boinking some of those Muppets. <laughs> So, we're talking about child kidnappings. Yes. Specifically. Aww, good thing we mentioned Sesame Street. Right? That's where That ties right into my going. story, actually. Really? No. No? Good. Nope. <laughs> good, because... I mean, I'm sure the little girl watched it. Maybe. Depends on what time show. period. 2000. Um, yeah. I Sesame mean, it's Street's still old, on. right? Wasn't it like 1990s it started? Yeah. Yeah, I know, because as a kid, I hated it. I, I was a Barney girl. <laughs> with Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato. Were they on that? Yeah. Oh. Ooh, aren't they special? Mm. <laughs> Demi Lovato's sister was on Toddlers and Tierra, so she was a coach. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's better. I thought it was like no, but her mother forced her. She was brought in to help teach the kids how to act because she was like, we learned how to act because we did pageants as kids. Ugh. So, yeah. And there was this one parent. She was talking shit about another um another team. Oh my, like oh, like a coach's I, I team. I hope this is the, the one I'm I'm thinking of. Oh, go, it go, might go. be. Um and she's talking to the camera. Uh-huh. And she's saying, you know, I'm sorry if people's kids don't win, but like some kids don't win. And you know, if you want a kid to win, then you should go out and have another baby, maybe with a different dude. Like she's <laughs> She, she's like, she just goes on this, like, maybe your kid's just not cute enough. Maybe you should make another one with a better looking father. I thought you were going to say there was one where it was basically the same thing. Some mom was like, we used to be friends and do all our pageants together, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, then this happened and her kid wasn't winning as much. And I can't help it if my kid's prettier. And then the camera pans out and she's sitting right next to her, like no, in the interview. No. I laughed so That's hard. So I was like, funny. whoever produced this, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, the fan in just well, on her face. Sometimes the, the uh, editing and production is yeah. really funny. Oh, God. Like, there was one woman who was going on and on about how her kid, you know, is so gorgeous mm-hmm. and is a perfect little angel. And then, like, they cut to the kid throwing up violently <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the yeah, floor. Yeah. Or, like, this one mom who was like, my kid's the best dancer, right? The kid was like five and she was mm. tap dancing. Oh my God. My, she's so good, blah, blah, blah. Making this big scene and all the other coaches and stuff were like, she's not that good. And then it pans <laughs> over and the kid's like falling over her feet. She like <laughs> fell down five times. Yeah. And then the mom's like, yeah, baby, that's my girl. <laughs> all of their arms look like noodles. <laughs> yeah, well, they are all noodles. Yeah. The other day I told Gray, he, he was doing archery and after a while he was like, my arms are so... 
tired. I was like, well, you should do, his mom calls it Pilates, but it's not, it's a Pilates instructor, but they do kind of like just workouts, dumbbells and stuff yeah. like that. And he was like, I can't do dumbbells. You know, there's this thing where she, <laughs> she grabs the dumbbells with her hands and she just brings them to her face. And he oh was like, gosh. he goes, imagine just constantly moving your hand up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, <laughs> making like a jerk. Oh my gosh. But he's too young to understand. Yeah. And he was like, who would do that? Who finds that enjoyable? And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, you're right. Yeah. I'll never bring it up again. You'll find out later in yeah, life. It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Kid. Well, that's um. like how I now exclusively give hand jobs to, in my head, Fergalicious by Fergie playing. Disgusting. It's, like, it's my secret weapon now. It works every single time. Why are you giving hand jobs? You're already engaged. You never that's have how, to touch him again. No, I'm just kidding. That's how we start off. That's because, how we start off. Because I can, um, like, I can always tell when he has a boner because he, he like, hugs me in a certain way. Like, and <laughs> I can tell hug. and then I just reach over and there it is. There it is. So that's my advice to anyone. Find a song mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm, works. Mm-hmm. My advice is to be alone forever and then you never have to give hand jobs. It's true. It works pretty well. I mean, I will say that one of my arms is definitely stronger than the other. I Why noticed it at off? the gym. Because I'm not as, I can't do it as well, like, with the beat, because it's not my dominant hand. Right, but if you switched off, it'd work. And it's not like you're trying to get them to finish, so it can no. be just, like, not as good. Depends on what mood I'm in. Maybe I am. Sometimes I'll, I'll just tell a guy to do it himself. And I'll be like, <laughs> I love to watch. And it's like, I'm really just lazy. Yeah. But if you say that, like, all sexy, like, I love watching a guy. Then he'll do Go it. down on yeah. himself. <laughs> go down whatever. on himself. <laughs> Uh. yep i'm like suck your own dick Uh, and then they just try and then it's just fun to watch and then i'm just like yeah another one and then i take out my big old tally and i'm like see i get to the laziness point where i will not stop Uh so that he will finish and then when some of it gets on my hand I wipe it off on him <laughs> because I know he's going to get up uh-huh. to clean himself off anyway, and I want to stay in bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get up just to wash my hands. Like, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it is. No. You should just disgusting. lick it off. No, I, there's a very small window of when you can lick it off because yeah. once it gets room temperature or oh, colder, God, that makes you don't want to. Right yeah, it has to be it. hot. Ew. I'm seasick too. So what are we talking about today? Um, I hand writ this. I hand writ it. Gosh, I'm good. So just ignore my crumpling of papers. Yes, Remy has a old school, very cheap notebook in front of her. It's from ShopRite. I found it in a parking lot. So, but a hundred sheets. I bet sheets. half of our listeners don't know what ShopRite is. Well, they can Google it. <laughs> they can figure it out from context. ShopRite. What do you think it might be? Of course, it's an alt-right shopping center. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Nah, it is. Okay. So, in the early morning of July 2nd, 2005, a waitress along with, I don't know, there was like a few other people and a manager. They're not important. They're not really <laughs> important. The waitress is key. At a Denny's in Idaho, was waiting on a young girl and who appeared to be her father. However, something was off. So... It was so off that when the man got up to go to the bathroom, she went to the little girl and was like, is everything okay, kind of. And the little girl wasn't really saying anything. She was just visibly upset and, like, kind of crying. 
And then the waitress noticed her. And she called the police immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out she wasn't okay um, mm. because the man was not her father. Uh-huh. Um, it was the man who days earlier had killed her brother in front of her and weeks earlier had killed her whole family. What? Yes. So That's so weird. Mine has a family murder aspect <gasps> as well. <gasps> no, it's not. You just do it from the brother's point of view. <laughs> so Joseph Duncan III was born in 1963. Oh, in Washington. Oh, gosh. How did I write that? In 1976, he obtained his first sex crime. He, he marked obtained it. it. <laughs> <laughs> he tallied it up just like I do my men. Um, he accomplished his first <laughs> he, You know, he, he achieved <laughs> what he sought out to. Uh, it was for raping a nine-year-old boy at gunpoint. Oh, no. So he really went for it. I mean, high school is bad for some people. Is so. that when he was a teenager? He was 15. So yeah, really, that's terrible. Yeah, he's really going for it. So also, I put also, why does a 15-year-old have a gun? You have that too. Yeah, well, 1976. Hi. A year later, he was sent to juvie for stealing a car. Not for the other thing. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) So I assume that he wasn't caught for the other thing. Okay. But it doesn't say. Huh. So I assume that when he's caught in the end, which Mm -hmm. he's caught in the end eventually, that he tells them them Mm -hmm. this. Hmm. I can't say for sure. Yeah. So he steals the car. He gets sent to juvie. And because he's only 16, he gets sent to a juvenile boy's home. Mm-hmm. And there he tells a therapist about how he has bound and assaulted six boys and raped around 13 others. A- oh, around. around. He couldn't keep it straight. That's the ballpark number. You know, you, you do it once and then you do it again. And, and then you're like, wait, is this track. my second or my third day? You know when you're counting and you're yeah. just like, wait, 16 or 17? Oh, gosh, I did it again. Now Somewhere around 10, you just stop Yeah, you're like, track. well... Uh, it's more than a few. It's less than a dozen. You know, that's <laughs> usually what I go for. But 13. Baker's yep. dozen. I also thought it was weird that he said six that I bound and raped and then 13 I just raped. Yeah. Well, you're not going to clump there, them together. Nope. They get their own category there. Yeah. Um, so in 1980, he steals a shit ton of guns and uses them to abduct a 14-year-old boy. And then he rapes him. Oh, no. Yeah. So he... Is, like, exclusively into boys, right? Yes, kind of. So, he is into boys, it seems, Mm -hmm. most likely. But I think most of it is because it's easier to get to the boys, the young Mm -hmm. boys, than it is young girls. Because he is a young boy at this time. Um, But he goes on to rape a girl. Okay. So, I don't know if it matters or if it was just that specific girl. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe he leans a little more toward the boys. Yes, but, yeah. You know. So he gets 20 years for the rape of the 14-year-old boy, but only serves 14 because we should let the rapists go Yeah, when they're being they're, good in prison. When, when there's overpopulation in a prison, the first ones to get released to the public are the rapists. Right. Everyone knows that. Because it's like, mm, that guy did coke. No, gotta keep him. <laughs> that guy had weed on yeah, him. we should keep him. We should really teach him a lesson. That guy's a murderer. No, that seems too extreme. <laughs> Let's just let the rapists go. Yeah, right? I feel like that would be good. <laughs> it's not like they're so heinous that even the other in- inmates want to kill him. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, it was just a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, right? And that's kind of an adult, right? <laughs> 
And he was probably asking for it based on how he was dressed. Was he in a miniskirt? Because <laughs> then it's like. Mini? In 96, he gets arrested for weed. Mm-hmm. But only serves the, a few weeks. The lesser of all of his crimes. Yeah. <laughs> but what surprises me is that I guess at this time or in this state, there's no three strikes law. Mm-hmm. Because normally in a three strike law, it's like, so if you break the law th- two times, the third time you break the law. It's life in jail. You're like, yeah, yeah. In life. But I guess not yet or. No. And I think California, I think California is like one of the only ones that has that law, right? Really? I thought it was all over. Or maybe it, it could was, be. I mean, I just know California's. Yeah. Washington, I, I feel, is a little lax. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. Or maybe it's, like, only violent three strike. I don't know. Okay. Could be. Or felonies. Yeah. They could have gotten him on a misdemeanor for the Yeah, weed. he was only in jail for a few weeks. Yeah. So. Once he gets released, his parole is tightened up. hmm And in 97, he violates that parole when he goes to Kansas. hmm And he goes to jail for three years and gets out in 2000. hmm When he gets out, he gets accused... I mean, not right away. It's a few months later, and he gets accused of raping. <laughs> he steps out of the door, and, and then someone just comes <laughs> up and is like, jacuzzi. Ah. <laughs> he gets accused of raping a five-year-old in a park. <gasps> in and, a park? Mm-hmm, and everyone knows he did it. But, but he can't. he's not arrested for until 2005 because they can't find him. He's, like, on the lamb. Oh. And the lamb's like, hey, get off me. <laughs> um <laughs> That's a terrible joke. Oh, my God. That's great. And then a fucking businessman posts his bail. So a businessman that he had met at some point, he was like, hey, I'm accused of this, but I didn't do it. Even though everyone knows I did. (laughs) Even though all those... I did did rape all the other boys, but this This one one. boy... I swear. But the businessman didn't know about the Mm -hmm. other ones, but... So I guess the businessman posted his bail and was like, you just got to stick around for the trial. Yeah. And he was like, of course I will. And then he I didn't. Mean, who do you think I am? <laughs> and so he posts the bail and then he skips town. Yeah. And I was like, oh, why? On what grounds? On what grounds did you post bail? <laughs> right. You were just like, oh, I, I'll try to do the right thing. This is, he's, he's in there for child molestation, but it's like, you know, for drugs, sure, post the guy's bail. Yeah. But it's like. Maybe let the law take the molestation cases. And actually, right. this wasn't a molestation. It was a full-on rape. Yes. Let, let them decide who and who did not do the rape. Yeah. Businessman. <laughs> <sighs> so, forward two months later, Idaho authorities find the bodies of Brenda Grone, her boyfriend, and her 13-year-old son bound with blunt force trauma in their home. So... Basically, it looks as if they were beaten with a baseball bat mm-hmm. is where I saw some places, but there's not like a, you know, the yeah. autopsy didn't say that, but which is just. Ugh. And the two youngest kids are gone. So there's Shasta, who is eight. Mm-hmm. And then there's Dylan, who is nine. Shasta's a girl. Dylan's mm-hmm. boy. So forward to Denny, six weeks later. Shasta is recognized by that waitress from mm-hmm. her Amber Alerts. Oh. Um, and the cops come and arrest him. And it's actually really cool. The the waitress and everyone, they, like, stood by the doors just to make sure he didn't try to leave. Mm-hmm. They didn't, like, tell him or whatever. They were still eating. They were but just... they were like, just in case he tries to leave, mm-hmm. we'll be here. So there's no problems. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. the cops come, he gets arrested. And there's Denny's footage of this. Really? played on the news. 
that you can see. If you look it up, it's, like, one of the first things that pop up. Mm -hmm. Where she walks in with him, and he has, like, her arm, his arm around her shoulder, Mm -hmm. like a father and daughter would. But she looks just, like, terrified. Her eyes are really big, and her, like, face is stoic. Mm -hmm. She's just... It's rough. And, of course, Dylan's not there. Yeah. So where's Dylan? So where the fuck is Dylan? So as it turns out as well, there was another sighting of Shasta Mm -hmm. in another state. So a girl who worked in a gas station saw Shasta and this man in a car. Mm -hmm. And then after, like, two days, she ended up calling the police and was like, I I really still don't think it was them. What Mm -hmm. are the chances? But I just have to report it. And it turns out that that was them. Yeah. Um, wow. So he was in another state and he came back to Idaho where hmm. the Denny's was. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. In a second. So they're talking, to, the police are talking to Shasta and it turns out she remembers the whole night. Oh. Her mom had called her into the living room and when her and Dylan had got there, Duncan was, he was there with a gun and he ties up her family and then he takes her and Dylan out into his van mm-hmm. that he had stolen, a rental. And then he goes back inside. Minutes later, she hears her mom's boyfriend scream and watches her 13-year-old brother stagger away from the home. He staggers away, but Duncan comes out, grabs him, and drags him back inside. Mm -hmm. So Shasta doesn't actually see the murder. Thank God. Yeah. But when asked about Dylan, Shasta says he's in heaven. She says evidence might be found in the low, low forest. Because that's where we were. Mm-hmm. And on July 4th, 2005, his remains are found in the campgrounds in Montana. He was sexually assaulted and shot in the back of the head. And then he was burned. Oh, no. Shasta saw all of this. Ugh. He was also filmed in his last few hours. And you can hear Duncan on the film say, the devil likes to watch children cry. What? Yeah, and you can see Dylan and Shasta in the video. Mm -hmm. He also rapes and tortures Shasta, but he falls in love with her. What? And he decides to return her home, which is why... To no family. Right, but that's why he's back in Idaho. Mm Mm-hmm. But, of course, you can't complete a road trip without going to Denny's (laughs) early in the morning. I was like, why did you stop for home fries? Like, just go. (laughs) But, thank God he did, I guess. But... It turns out Duncan had entered the home while everyone was sleeping. Mm-hmm. And he went in knowing he was going to kill the whole family. And it just turned out that he had abducted the two kids because mm-hmm. he liked them. What? Um, and he said that it was revenge for getting locked up for raping a 14-year-old when he was only 16. Uh, you know, the things what? that rapists get locked up for. Yeah, Rape. For it's rape. not because you were 16 no. and he was 14. It's not like it was consensual yeah. and then you got locked up, which no. is basically what he's saying it was. It was like, which it no, wasn't. It's, no. it, it's the rape part that yes. everyone has the issue That's with. The- it's not the age <laughs> gap that we're worried about. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rape, mm-hmm. which is the one he was locked up for 20 years and then got out. Yeah. It's like, in 14. Right, because you raped someone. Yeah. So if you fuck? took the rape out of that equation, you wouldn't have gotten locked up. No. But then you raped someone. It's just very confusing. It is. So that's him. And he's in jail in solitary confinement, I believe, because everyone wants to kill him. Yeah. No shit. I would want to kill him. they should let him out. Just let him. Just let him. Let him do it. Yeah. It's very similar, actually, to my story. Huh. 
Yeah. Oh, and now Shasta, that was in 2005, and now she's an adult, and she's, like, writing a, she has a book, and she's, oh, wow. has interviews, and it's mm-hmm. all very interesting, but I feel bad that her whole family died, and that yeah. she, she watched her 13-year-old brother almost escape. Yeah. Imagine then, that oh. poor boy who got out and was like, finally, I'm out of that house, I can go get, and then gets pulled back in. Yeah. And also, imagine being in that car as Shasta and being like, oh, I should have told Dylan to, like, obviously mm-hmm. it's not her fault, but. Yeah. I can imagine that they're in this car thinking, oh, I have to be here. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure afterwards you feel survivor's guilt and all, of that, all the, yeah. what if we went out of the car? What if we, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. <sighs> okay. So I'm going to tell you about Sarah. <laughs> I thought you were going to start rapping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've written this all as a rap. I didn't know if you it were prepared. It sounded like the beginning of, this is a story of my life got switched upside down. <laughs> that is not what I'm going to be doing. Because this is the case of Sarah Maynard and how she was kidnapped. So, let's get into it. <laughs> Thanks for bullet pointing that yes, for us. There's no, no good way to get into it. On November 10th, 2010... The home that Tina Herman shared with her two children was broken into by a man named Matthew Hoffman. Hoffman had been wandering in the area near the secluded Apple Valley, Ohio house when he noticed that the garage door was open. He watched over the home from the woods for hours, waiting until the residents left. Hoffman saw Herman leave and snuck inside and hid for about an hour. Wait, wait, wait. Question, question. Yes. Was the garage door open like the, the, yeah, to park garages? Mm -hmm. So how'd he get past that or past the door that leads to the house? I guess it was open. Jesus Christ. Right? I think this was like early in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I think that she left to take the kids to school. Right. So, and then. It's not her fault, but. Mom, (laughs) lock the door. No. So he hid inside for about an hour until she and a neighbor named Stephanie Sprang returned. Hoffman used a blackjack and a knife he had purchased online a week prior to attack and stab both Herman and Sprang. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This might be a spoiler. Mm -hmm. Is this the leaf guy? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, And I had to look up what a blackjack was. Yeah, I was going to say like the card. No, it's... um. It's like a leather thing. It's not as long as a whip. It's like maybe a foot long and What's there's a handle. What's it supposed to be used for? For attacking people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like for hitting people. <laughs> it's weird that they call it a blackjack. I know, but that's what it's called apparently. Then Hoffman killed Herman's 11-year-old son, Cody, oh. in the same manner. Cody with a K, Cody with a C. K. Well, that's a good kind. <laughs> Hoffman also butchered the family's dog Ugh. because it couldn't be quieted. All well, three. Yeah, I mean, you're killing a bunch of people, sir. Yeah, the dog's going to keep barking at you. Yeah. Like my dog barking at my other dog today because it stole a protein bar and wouldn't yeah. give it up. Well, at least they'd <laughs> bark if there were murderers. They would. Well, she wouldn't bark if there was a murderer. She wouldn't care. It's only if there's food involved. He would bark, but not as a, oh my gosh, I need to save you bark, but he'd be like, why aren't you. Why aren't you talking to me? Yeah. What's, why like, are you giving her all the attention? attention to me. <laughs> I like knives. I could have a knife in me. Yep. He's, that's the kind of dog he is. <laughs> yep. All three died from blood loss as a result Ugh. of their injuries. 
After the murders, Hoffman dismembered the bodies of his victims and took the pieces with him when he left the home. So that's what we know on the surface. Uh Okay. When Herman failed to show up for her shift at Dairy Queen the next day, her boyfriend was alerted and the police were called. Spring's car was found in the Herman driveway, but Herman's pickup truck was missing. When the Herman home was finally searched, blood covered the house, and there was no signs of 31-year-old Tina Herman, 41-year-old Stephanie Sprang, 11-year-old Cody Maynard, or 13-year-old Sarah Maynard. Residents of the quiet rural town were thrown into a panic. No one knew who could have hurt the family or where they could possibly be. Volunteers and investigators combed through local areas, hoping to find a trace of the four missing people. Though no one could have suspected, Sarah Maynard had been spared in the slaughter. Maynard was bound and gagged and kept in the basement of Hoffman's Mount Vernon home. Hoffman made her a bed out of blankets and leaves in an attempt to make it, quote, comfy for her. Hoffman repeatedly raped Maynard over the course of four days and would not allow her to shower. Maynard has said that Hoffman did not feed her while she was being held captive, and when Maynard asked for something to eat, he offered her a dead squirrel, which he had in the freezer. Yum. (laughs) Right? Uh. I keep popsicles in mind, but I mean, (laughs) to each their own. Is there even that much meat on a squirrel? I think the tail's probably good fried. I think the tail's mostly fur. Yeah, but I feel like their bones are so tiny that you could probably fry that up real nice. Maybe. I don't I don't know. And the belly probably has meat. Yeah, you I think probably that's eat where their most organs. Of the meat is. Yeah. You eat their eyeballs. You could. They're small though. Yeah. Herman's pickup truck was found abandoned in a parking lot the day after the murders. And Hoffman just happened to be hanging around the lot at the time police discovered it. Police Wow, quest- that's a weird coincidence. Yeah, right. Police questioned Hoffman, but released him. According to some reports, Hoffman had been spotted trying to burn down the Herman home a few days after the murders. Well, come on, dude, don't be obvious about it. (laughs) That'll make sense later on, too. On November 14th, police acted on a tip from an anonymous source and sent a SWAT team to Hoffman's home. What they discovered inside was shocking. Sarah was discovered in the basement, tied up, hungry, dirty, and traumatized. Hoffman, who had been asleep on the couch at the time, was arrested immediately. Sarah was rescued and placed in the care of her father, Larry Maynard, and her stepmother. And Hoffman was taken to jail, where police tried to coax him into revealing where the bodies of Cody, Tina, and Stephanie were. While news of Hoffman's arrest spread throughout Ohio and the nation, more about the 30-year-old offender's past surfaced. While not much is known about his early life, Hoffman's criminal activity dates back to 2001, when he was convicted of theft, burglary, and arson after he set fire to a condominium complex in order to hide a home robbery in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Because <laughs> there's no better way. That is his go-to. <laughs> like, let's just set shit on fire. He, he has an order to yeah. things. Hoffman spent eight years in prison for these crimes, and when he got out, he moved to Ohio, close to where his father and stepmother resided. Those who knew Hoffman in his younger years stated that his behavior was often erratic and bizarre. As a teen, he trapped and killed small animals to eat them, 
and throughout his entire life, he spent his spare time sitting in trees and watching his neighbors. Yeah, you know, like we all do. <laughs> yeah. He was also known to set small fires on his lawn. Just for funsies. Hoffman worked as a tree trimmer during the warmer parts of the year and supposedly grew a fascination with leaves and trees. His home was discovered to contain hundreds of bags full of leaves. Leaves even covered the entirety of his living room floor. There were also several dead squirrels found in Hoffman's kitchen, just as Maynard had reported. And drawings were scribbled over several doors and walls in the house. Hoffman told officers... Were there drawings of squirrels? No, no, they were not. One was like a giant peace sign. Like, Mm, it was very strange. That seems odd for him. It it is. Based on what we now know (laughs) about him. (laughs) Hoffman told officers that he could not bring himself to kill Sarah, and that was why he kidnapped her. He claimed that he treated Sarah kindly during the days of her abduction and let her play video games and watch movies. He even said that he cooked hamburgers for them both. Sarah Maynard refuted all of these claims, saying that she, quote, just listened to everything he told me to do to survive. After four days of interrogation, Hoffman finally agreed to reveal the location of the bodies if the death penalty would not be sought in his trial. He directed investigators to a large, hollowed-out tree 16 miles from the crime scene, in which he had placed the dismembered remains of Maynard, Herman, Sprang, and the family dog. Hoffman also wrote out a complete confession, including his motivation for the crimes. He claimed that he only intended to rob Herman and brought the weapons to intimidate anyone who got in the way, but he was startled when the family arrived home so soon after leaving. Hoffman said, quote, There was a certain amount of excitement in being in someone else's home without them being there. I was looking for anything of value that could be carried out easily. He described the murders, stating that he had tried to knock Herman out with the blunt end of the knife when she found him in her bedroom, but that it hadn't worked, so he started stabbing her. At this time, Sprang discovered what was happening, and Hoffman attacked her too. When Hoffman began dismembering the bodies, Cody and Sarah returned home from school and discovered the horrific scene. He descended upon Cody while Sarah ran to a bedroom and locked herself inside. Hoffman was sentenced to life in prison without parole on June 6, 2011. Unfortunately, Sarah Maynard's ordeal was not over after Hoffman was sentenced. In May of 2013, Larry Maynard and Tracy Maynard were formally charged with misdemeanor counts of domestic violence and assault against Sarah. Larry and Tracy reportedly punched Sarah, kicked her down a flight of stairs, and threatened to kill her. A protection order was put in place for Sarah against the couple. These charges came on the heels of the release of a book about Sarah's experience entitled The Girl in the Leaves. Both Larry Maynard and Sarah Maynard are listed as authors of the book, along with Robert W. Scott. The family of Stephanie Sprang condemned the book as, quote, distasteful, saying that it contained multiple harmful lies and was not about Sarah's recovery, as they had been told, but was instead about the grisly details of the crime. The book also contained crime scene photos that deeply disturbed Sprang's family. The Girl in the Leaves has a rating of 3.2 out of 5 stars on Goodreads and has been called, quote, repetitive and poorly written. <laughs> Wait, sorry, who's Spring again? She was the the neighbor that came over. Oh, and their was family. Too. Okay. Her. Yeah. So, but wait, 
the girl who survived, mm-hmm. she wrote that book. She co-wrote the book with her father and another, and another dude. Man. So maybe it was more like she told them facts and they wrote the yeah, book probably because she's young. Mm-hmm. Why'd the dad beat her? Because he's a piece of shit. Same reason he wrote Who's the book. Who's she with now? Does she want to live with me? Should <laughs> I, she live with us? I don't know where she is now. Okay. She may be with a different relative, but she has step-siblings that are Larry and Tracy Maynard's kids, and they're still with them. So, I don't know what's up. Well, maybe they just beat her. Maybe yeah. she was the lucky one. She got all <laughs> the, the beating. One. Oh, my God. Good Lord. She walked in the home to see her mother and, being dismembered. But you know what the thing is, though? If I was a thief and I went into a home and I was like, okay, I'll use these weapons if I have to to intimidate. I'm mm-hmm. not going to kill anyone. That's crazy. Worst comes to worst. I'd, like, maybe stab her in the arm and just run. Yeah. I'm not going to stab someone multiple times. I'm sure as fuck not going to dismember a person. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's one thing to, like, like, if he had a gun and he was just, like, I was startled, I didn't know what to do, so I shot her and then I left. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I can kind of believe that, but you shouldn't be breaking into people's homes, you idiot. <laughs> but, like, to stab someone multiple times and then dismember them and then mm-hmm. to, like, stab their kids instead of... He probably could have just been like, get in your fucking bedrooms and then left. I'm sure yeah, they would have gotten in their bedrooms. Yeah, but then they would have seen his face. <sighs> okay, well, why isn't he wearing a mask when he's burglarizing? It makes me think that he wasn't there to burglarize. Yeah, well, that's what actually the father, Larry Maynard, they were on um, some like Good Morning America or uh-huh. something. He thinks that he Hoffman said, came there to murder them because he was obsessed with Sarah, although there's no proof of this. And also he was like, Burglars burgle, murderers kill. Like, right. That, like, and pretty this much. fucking member. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's obsessed with Sarah, but he could have just seen them and been like, I know where, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, whatever, I'm going to kill them. Or he could have gotten into the house and then gone into some crazy berserker mode once he was in there or once the first stab was made. But either way, like, I just, because if I was going to burgle someone, I'd fucking wear a mask. Yeah. And I'd probably watch their house a few days before I go in mm-hmm. and be like, oh, okay, so I know they bring the kids to school and then come immediately home. Yeah. I'm not just going to go in on a whim. Well, and it also makes me think that this was around 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. on a, I think it was a Wednesday. Okay. So 9 a.m., he is trying to burgle the place. They come back. He freaks out, kills both of them. Uh-huh. Then something happens for the hours right. until you, they get like, home from school. I mean, I guess I dismembering. Guess, I guess trying to, or or just freaking out and being like, well, what do, what I, do, do I do now? now? Yeah. But that's another thing. Like, you saw them take their kids to school. Mm-hmm. You know their kids. You know the yeah. kids are coming home. Mm-hmm. So if I was them, or if I was him, even if I wanted to get rid of the bodies, mm-hmm. which there's going to be blood. I don't Everywhere. know. Everywhere. Yeah. So... I would either take them and then leave, you know, or burn the house down. You yeah. love burning houses down, so set <laughs> a fire and then leave <laughs> and let the kids alone. Mm-hmm. You, He had to have wanted to kill those kids. Yeah. Or maybe he thing. did see Sarah and was like, she's a hot young thing. <laughs> Literally young. <laughs> she's, it was warm that day as well. So she's a hot young thing. And then... It was you November. <laughs> it was warm. <laughs> it's toasty. She was wearing a large jacket. So <laughs> it's just like, it, but there had to be something else besides just burglaring. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just. He was, he was prepared 
to kill someone. Right. And also, of course, he's going to say, no, 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 because that takes some of the blame off him. Mm-hmm. He's not a monster who went in there thinking he was going to kill. He just lost control of the situation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and then you cut him up and put him in a tree trunk? Mm-hmm. Well, because we know that he cares about what people think of him because he lied about doing all that nice stuff for Sarah. Right. You know? So he didn't want people to think. Yeah. I mean, he's smart he's enough. Not... And even if he doesn't care what people think, he's smart enough to say that so that he'll get sympathy from people. Yeah. You know, like, oh, no, no, no. I was nice to her. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a level of psychopathy uh-huh. in here. Psychopathy. Either way you say it. But then there's also an awareness. Like, he is not legally insane. He knows what he's doing right. is wrong. You know, and he's also just fucking weird. Yeah. Like his name. What's the thing with the leaves? He he loves leaves. It was okay. And he loves trees. I know there were like interviews with her, his neighbor, where they were like, he loves to just go to the park and sit in trees. Yeah. And like sit up trees and listen to conversations, Mm -hmm. and then he would like say stuff to them, and they'd look up and they'd be like, "This fucking guy's in the tree again." It's It's like like, get out of the tree. This guy's. Like, he would eavesdrop on people. And you would think it was like, oh, maybe he wanted to be a squirrel, but then he killed them all. <laughs> he so did. not that? Maybe he killed them while he was in the tree. <laughs> maybe he just wanted to be loved by the squirrels, maybe. and that's what set him off. I think it was like Murderpedia. He has a profile mm-hmm. on there, and it was under, you know, psychopath, all this stuff, murder. It was like... Leave lover. He befile. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? A lover of plants. <laughs> he befile. So, he... Yeah. It's very strange. And then if you see the pictures of his house, crazy. Right, right, right. With all the, like, thank you bags or whatever filled yes, with filled leaves, with leaves. Like, to his And then also and just the entire floor of his living room right. with, like, half a foot of leaves. How crazy to open that door and be like, what's in the leaves? Yeah. Uh, is it a giant spike? Am I going <laughs> to fall through a hole and get impaled? Because that's what I would think. Mm-hmm. That there's a hole in that floor. Well, so it's weird because they're on a tarp. Uh-huh. That is spread out through right. out the entire floor. So now floor. more likely that there's a hole in the floor. <laughs> yes. And that the tarp is it's covering the leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where the girl is. That's yep. what I would think. The girl's in a hole under these leaves. <laughs> Everybody dig through the leaves. Well, and I want to know where they got this tip that right. like. Who was they, the. Because someone said to them, you will find Sarah at his house in the basement. But he also, he had a girlfriend up until like a month or two before that, and then she moved out. I didn't read anything about that, but I did read that he said, he had told the cops like at the park, he was like, yeah, my girlfriend's at home, she's waiting for me, that's why I have to go. But like, it was a lie. Right. But yeah, yeah, no, I did, I did read something, it was in one of the interviews with a neighbor, and she was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, he had a girlfriend for a while, but a few months ago... She moved out. Because of all the leaves. Right. Or did he do that after, but then he was like, oh, I need to replace my girlfriend and was just Mm -hmm. looking and that's how he found Sarah. Yeah. Usually, though, if you want to replace your girlfriend, you don't do it with a 13-year-old. Or here's the thing (laughs) that no one was bringing up, but I thought, you know, maybe. I wonder if there's another body somewhere in one of those tree trunks and his girlfriend was another person kidnapped person maybe who he you know mm-hmm. tortured enough until she was like fine i'll act your girlfriend part so he would go and introduce like this is my girlfriend and then he or he bring killed her, her right but then he killed her mm-hmm. she didn't leave he killed her and then he went crazy with all these fucking leaves yeah and was like i need to replace her well and it's hard to tell because he's not one of those guys that's like 
hey, I want to tell you all this terrible shit I did. Like, he didn't even want right, to tell but them. but here's the thing. Dismembering know. a person seems like not your first time. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, if he did this thing also, where he kidnapped girls for a few years and then killed them, dismembered them, and put them in tree trunks, mm-hmm. no one's ever going to find those people no. unless he tells them like he did with the family. Well, and a vulture could just come by and right. take the meats out, you know? Right. And also, what did he use to dismember them? Like you nice. can't just you can't just use a regular knife. Well, you could get butcher stuff. You could be maybe like, I like to butcher my. Maybe own stuff. he was at Home Depot. That's where the, all the yeah. time went. Exactly. It was like, ah yeah. oh, man, I brought Home my wrong Depot. knives. Can you believe this? And he turns to the <laughs> dead body. It's like half a head cut off. He's like, I brought the wrong stuff. I'd lose my head if it wasn't on me. <laughs> and then he took their hands and like put them in a shrug and was like, Oh you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this episode if I, is if just... If I think about it in my head, when I think about that, they're all cartoons and they're still oh, alive okay. and, like, dismembered, mm-hmm. though. Like, kind of like the ghosts in Harry Potter. So it makes it fun. Like, oh, ooh, okay. they're still alive and they're happy and they're all buds. Yeah, no. Because the other mm-hmm. alternative is what actually happened and that makes me want to kill myself. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll never think about it like well, that. Well, never leave and your instead, garage door open. Yeah. Right. If you oh. have a garage, there's a door into your garage. Lock that door. Mm-hmm. Then get some chain locks and... <laughs> Wrap it around there. Yes. And then lock every other door in your home and live in the attic. Also, just live in, like, a castle with a moat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With, like, servants. Yes. You can stand guard at your door <laughs> that you lock yourself in. And then there's, like, a little attic in that. And then you get in the attic. And then there's a safe room in the attic. This is very well thought yeah. out. <laughs> that way, someone finally gets through. They kill. They get through the, the moat. They kill all the guards. They break into your room. And we're like, ah, oh, fuck, she's in the attic. He he climbs up the ceiling, pushes down the thing, he gets up into the attic, and then he's like, there's a fucking safe room. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and then he leaves. <laughs> it's like, I, this is a steal. I don't have any energy. I don't, I, I've dropped half my guns. All my knives are bent from these guards. And I, <laughs> my foot's bitten by your alligator. Yeah. I just can't win. No. And in that, also have maybe a phone. So you've called 911. Yeah, that's that probably. Too. I mean, but then how do the cops get through the alligators? (laughs) You have a moat, a bridge button in your safe room. So you can, (laughs) and then the bridge goes, but then the guy can escape. Yeah. But then like you you open it and then you close it and then you open it and you're like, ha ha ha. And the cops are like, let us in. There's tons of people dying. And you're like, okay, I swear it's there. And then they step on and then you're like, ha ha ha, fuck you. I just, just kidding. Uh, And they all get eaten by alligators. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> this has been an episode. <laughs> this has been something. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything uh, else we want to discuss? You know, this and that. Yeah. And then there's some things in between that. <laughs> I made brown sugar cookies today, and I think the sugar's really gone to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I that, made sugar cookies. And then the pasta. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I made sugar cookies, and then I told Gray, I was like, this is the recipe. And he was like, well, I'm going to make my own, f- like, following your recipe but tweaking it a bit and we're gonna see who's better (laughs) no they were fine but here's what he did i put in half a cup of sugar he put in a cup (laughs) i put in half a teaspoon of vanilla he put in two tablespoons (laughs) so you can imagine biting into one and being like oh my god yeah i thought i was gonna be diabetic (laughs) i put in a stick of butter he put in a stick and a half jesus christ so you could only eat half of one before you were like oh my god i think i'm in a coma (laughs) 
But they were good. They weren't mm-hmm. bad. They weren't inedible. They were just they were so just really... sweet. It tasted like a sugar cookie with icing. Mm-hmm. Like it was so sweet. Mm. My gosh. And then he ate mine and he was like, I like it. It's just not that sweet. And I was like, right. Well, it's not a sugar cookie mm-hmm. for one. It's a butter cookie. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, but I like mine a little sweeter. And I was like, yeah, but yours are so sweet. And he was like, well, I want another one. And I was like, you can't eat more than one a year. <laughs> a year. Your, your foot's going to fall off. I don't know what to tell you. And then you leave him for his parents. Like, just yeah, they can yeah. deal with him like, on that yeah. sugar high. No, you come late. That's fine. Come late. <laughs> he danced for an hour to Mario. He put the Mario theme song on YouTube. And then he repeated it. For what? an hour, I had to stand there and watch him dance to Mario. For an hour. That's how much sugar he had. So... We're Helen Highhart. <laughs> I'm Austin. I'm Reppy. We are now on Murderly. Uh huh. Seriously, it's been great. It has been getting to know everyone just uh-huh. a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just launched, so it's the beginning of it's a you know baby. It is. We have to nurture it. We have to feed it baby food. A little oatmeal <laughs> with some milk. Yeah. A little flaky kind that you know gets all thick. <laughs> Yes, that's what stage we are in. Yeah. Um, We're in the testing the milk against our wrist phase. We are. And this isn't going to change, like, our Patreon or anything. Nope. Um, we're still... Oh, you know what? Now mm-hmm. we charge $100 a pop. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You can just... send that. We will. If you email us, we will give you our addresses, and you can just send that over. <laughs> if only. <laughs> um, so... Our Patreon still works the same. Mm-hmm. You know, $1, you get the bonus news episode. $5, you get the news episode, the story time thing, a postcard, all that stuff. The story time thing. Ah. Uh, yes, the, the story, story time, time thing. thing. I'm going to get a sign that says that. The story, the story time, time thing. thing. Welcome to the story time thing. You know, that, <laughs> that thing. thing. Then we're going to put that out, like, tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I recorded it. Yes. It's not... Very. I tried to be very um like NPR with it. Very no, like serial, kind of lore type thing. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm editing it now. It's fine. <laughs> if you want, you can just like slice other podcasts into it, and then <laughs> like, just random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like when I'm fumbling over my words, you just like pop something else. <laughs> We are still Helen High Horror on everything but Twitter. On Twitter, mm-hmm. we are Hell High Horror. Fucking Twitter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> furious at it. I'm Austin Castelli on everything except Tumblr. On Tumblr, I'm Witch Tips. I'm Rep Ann on everything. Yeah. And I think that's it, yeah. right? You should follow me on Twitter because Chris Fairbanks liked my tweet today. So, I mean, I'm pretty famous. <laughs> but it's fine. You don't have that yeah. Also, like, if anyone knows him and wants to, like, set him up, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> I know I, like, joke a lot about murders, which is a downer, but we had that hand job segment. That's sexy, right? <laughs> we did, right? <laughs> that qualifies us for all kinds of other That's things. That's hot. Ooh. I'm going to slice it out and put it on my dating profile. Yeah. Me oh. saying that I'm too lazy and that yes. I hate guys to give themselves hand All jobs. of that. Guys love that stuff. Um, I should also mention that I write for Babe Talk occasionally. Mm-hmm. I put out a bunch of articles in the last week, yeah. a lot about pride and queer artists and then some other stuff. I wrote a review for a single that I actually really like, cool. so that's been good. And also, I'm obsessed with Kim Petras, so you should go check her awesome. out. Yeah, and I, uh, <laughs> I don't write for anything, so 
I'm going nowhere with nothing. The <laughs> end. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.